We are on a mission. A mission to save and revitalize independent pharmacy. On the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast, you will get actionable business advice, hear stories from industry leaders, and share a laugh with us. Fuel your passion for pharmacy one conversation at a time. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning, Debbie. I've met you before and and learned a little bit about uh, your history, the history of Puerto Rico and how you kind of came up through it. So I was super excited about uh, our time together. I want to hear about Puerto Rico. I don't know about Puerto Rico. Jeff's got the we inside scoop. We can just do scoop. the whole thing in Spanish if you want. No, <laughs> Marsha might. That would, I, that would be a trick. I, I might understand a little <laughs> bit. Un poquito, poquito. Poquito. Un poquito. Yeah, Marsha's been doing the uh, Duolingo. Are you still doing it? You yes, don't I know am. What, what week streak are you? I'm I'm on 260-something days. Right. But, no, so I'm... Does that mean you learned 260 words? No, that means free? she can I say, I bought an orange that... for $5. <laughs> no, I... <laughs> No, so I started learning Spanish three months before we went to Barcelona and Madrid. And I'm like, okay, I need to at least know how to, you know, look at the menu and make my way around a little more other than just going, hey, baño, cerveza, you know, which is what Jeff was pretty much doing. No, I was just doing, I was just (laughs) doing mas vino is what I was doing. (laughs) Or uno mas. Well, if you go to, if you go to Spain, you have to say cerveza. Because they speak a very different Spanish. Actually, it's a tinto de verano. (laughs) No, we were ordering a lot of tinto. Um, But it was interesting because, like, I was, I learned, I got three months in and I was just heavily crammed. And then uh, Barcelona, it's more, it's Catalan. And it Italian, like you walk in and I'm going, una mesa para dos, por favor. And they're going, okay, do you want Spanish, English, or French menu? And I'm like, English, please. <laughs> but then we get to, but then when we took the train to Madrid, I'm going, una mesa para dos, para dos. And um, yeah, we're, they're going, and they're speaking Spanish. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting a little bit of poco, poco. <laughs> Um, but I, that's, I managed. That's the, that's the risk. If you put a little Spanish out there, you get a lot back. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's um, like, oh, okay. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my husband was taking pictures and using Google Translate to read the menu, which was pretty impressive because he's like, yeah. but it's still Spanish. I'm like, babe, some of these words we see on Spanish menus or Italian. Right? Yeah, they are Spanish. Yes. <laughs> in, in in Mexican restaurants here in Texas, and I'm like. You know what what Rijoles is. Um, so, you know, it was a lot of fun. It was really good food. So what you're saying, so like the, the Spanish, the Puerto Rico Spanish is very different from mm-hmm. like the Madrid Spanish? It is. Yeah. You, well, it's accent. The okay. accent is mm-hmm. very different. Um, yep. it, no matter where you go in the Spanish-speaking world, you get some pretty huge variations yep. on the accent. Like if you go to Argentina and Chile, you get what I call uh, the zhuzh. You get a lot of zhuzh in, in uh-huh. there. If you go to Spain, you get you get the, the lispy. That's, More lispy. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, and then um, and then there's always like word swaps, but not really dialects. Like, you know, you mm. hear about, the, um, like if you go to China, there's something like 23 different dialects and they can barely uh, understand each other. But in Spanish, it's like, 85 95 percent of the words and the construction everything's the yeah. same you just you just have a few word swaps here and there like um uh let's see 
in Mexico, they say ongos for mushroom. In Puerto Rico, they say setas. So hmm. you, you may okay. not you may not get the you know mushroom pizza if you go to one country yeah, or the I... other. They may understand, but it, 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 even then, they typically understand. Like banana was different. Also, like in in Argentina, it's set it's one way, and in Spain, it's pronounced another way, right? I think banana yeah. was a word that had two different, like in different. Banana. I don't remember. So, do do you find places where the accent is so thick you just can't understand it? Not the word swap, but just the accent. Uh, no, I mean my Spanish. I think has gotten to the point where I could probably go anywhere and understand pretty well. Um, it's a lot, a lot different places have different velocity. Some places right. speak very quickly. The combination like of speaking really quickly. London and Scotland. And um, some accent. And the fact that I've been five, six years almost now back in the States, definitely a little bit more rusty. So mm-hmm. that might depend. Yeah, because I was like, I uh, went to Scotland and they were speaking English, I believe. <laughs> But but this accent was so thick. So thick. You were really yeah. like they might as well. I was picking out about as many words as I picked up in Madrid, <laughs> you know. From, yeah. From from the Spanish. So so uh, interesting. So so you started out. Take us just through a little bit of your career. Super interesting. Um, yeah. Just kind of yeah. how you've traveled in in and got to where you are today. Sure. Um, well, um, you might be surprised to hear that I started my career in banking. That was my first job out oh. of college. Uh, I worked there long enough to know that I did not want to be a banker. So I went back to business school full time okay. and went in the marketing direction. So I started mm-hmm. out with kind of a traditional brand management job, the company that makes Lysol brand products. So nice. very, very tradi- traditional mm-hmm. household cleaners. With that company, I actually moved to Puerto Rico. Um, and that was mm, like 28 years ago. Um, I went there for what was supposed to be just a, like a six or eight week project. Mm-hmm. And I ended up staying there for 23 years. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, you never know. Um, one of my, uh, themes whenever I talk to people early in their career is to, you know, raise your hand, volunteer for things. I was mm-hmm. literally at a cocktail party with my superiors at the time and they were talking about um a little bit of a crisis that needed some management and um a volunteer to kind of sort things out in puerto rico and i just was like i'll go send me and that was a thursday night and on monday i was on a plane oh wow and uh my family we were snow skiers and i we never vacationed in warm places or went to the caribbean or anything like that so i literally had to look at you know the American Way magazine to figure out where I was going <laughs> when I was on, on the plane already. Um, and uh, but you know, I figured, hey, it's six weeks, eight weeks. It mm-hmm. was October. You know, cold cold months were coming up. I said, mm-hmm. I, I can do anything for six or eight weeks, especially right. when the you know the company's kind of paying for it. So I, I you know I made the most of it. And um, my colleagues at the time were very gracious, invited me to parties. Christmas time is very fun, Puerto mm-hmm. Rico, so I got to oh, experience wow. that. Nice. Um, and through some uh, friends, like friends of friends, I kind of met a nice circle of people. Um, in that circle is my now husband. So wow, okay. <laughs> okay. That's we, what I was wondering. Did you meet your husband there? We met early on, um, and uh, and uh, his um, his uncle had a really nice sailboat, and I I was a sailor, so um, 
that was like a really great, um, you know, hook for, for him to use. We went um, like six, eight people each weekend sailing, sometimes racing Oh wow! Uh, it's in the Caribbean. I mean, like it just like really doesn't get much wow. better than that. <laughs> Sounds like a dream. Yeah. Yeah. And the work was also great. I realized that when you go to um, um, an environment where it's kind of a small country, there's mm-hmm. less resources everybody has to do a little bit of everything. So whereas in brand management, you just have, you know, one brand, you're intensely focused mm-hmm. on your one brand. Um, uh, I had to work with the whole portfolio for the whole company. So I started learning really fast. And um, obviously it was very challenging to do marketing in my second, well, wasn't really even my second language at that point. I really didn't know a word of Spanish. Wow. Um, so I, I was a marketeer trying to um, market uh, in a foreign language. Um, but we were doing a lot of um, adapting of the campaigns and things from the States and uh, worked with a great ad agency. So that um, ended up turning into kind of a more permanent assignment. I actually got moved there with the company, uh, lasted a couple of years, and then the company was sold. So I uh, um, had the option of coming back to the States, but uh, aforementioned boyfriend was becoming a little more serious at the time. (laughs) And um, uh, I decided I would, you know, just look for a job. And that's how I ended up in healthcare. I landed a job with Johnson & Johnson, um, who was at the time just opening up their medical device um, business. Wow. So I was um, good time to get in. Yeah, I was in the early group of employees that were hired to run kind of an umbrella company for all the different um, medical devices. Um, so we're talking about sutures, laparoscopes, uh, clinical diagnostics, uh, ha- cardiology division. So mm-hmm. very hardcore you yep. know, medical device. Yeah, and in Spanish. Uh, and in and in Spanish. Um, in at the time, um, we sold to surgeons. That was really our customer. And mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico, you really can't finish your degree as a surgeon unless you, um, you know, go get your, you know, years of internship and fellowship. So almost mm-hmm. every surgeon will go to the States at some point and they have to pass boards in English. So suffice it to say, surgeons are bilingual Puerto right. Rico. Um, so the Spanish was not as much of a challenge, but after just a couple years, my responsibility expanded to all of Central America and the Caribbean. So I started traveling really extensively all across Central America to the Dominican Republic. And you know those um, immersion programs where you could go like live with with a family and immerse yourself for Mm -hmm. a week or two to really learn a language? Like that was my life every day. Oh, wow. I would would have breakfast, lunch, and dinner with customers, travel with sales reps who didn't speak English. So I, you know, really, really got my Spanish language foundation from the job um, from from those couple of years of traveling so extensively in, in those countries and it was just a fantastic opportunity I used to go on the road for two we- two weeks at a time and I would stay on the weekends and travel around you know Guatemala Panama Panama Costa Rica Dominican Republic uh, um, the English-speaking islands so it was it was a lot of fun I've I've been to pretty much all those countries you know many many times but I'll have a friend say, oh, have you gone to, you know, this resort or that resort? I'll be like, no, I pretty much only know where the hospitals are. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Hospitals, cities, hotels. um, You know, I didn't get didn't get to go to the, you know, the five star resorts very often. (laughs) Wow. So then what brought you back to the States? Hold on. on. Sometime in the Puerto Rico, she had kids. 
my guess, right? Oh, that's right. No, got married. No, okay. Probably sound like twenty three years. You probably so the, raised the your boyfriend kids. became serious <laughs> in Puerto had, Rico. Yeah, how many kids? We got. We eventually got married, um, and I have two kids. Um, they were born and raised in Puerto Rico, yep. so they are, you know, that sort of envious bilingual, multicultural kind of mm-hmm. kid, which I think. You find more and more these days, you know, kids yeah. uh, have these interesting opportunities that um, in our very mobile society. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a great place to raise kids. It's um, um, very different. Like culturally, they they are Puerto Rican. You know, that yeah. is how they identify themselves. And um, they uh, uh, they did have both now come to the to the U.S. for college and it's pretty much like any other international kid there they were all learning things for the first time about right. custom and things and it's just funny because you know in the in the latin world and most of the european world pretty much everywhere but the u.s everybody kisses hello and goodbye right right um you know it's either the one kiss or the double kiss if you're french or some other you know, places go three times um but yeah, that was kind of funny for them to like retrain themselves not to kiss everybody. Yeah, yeah, not kiss. <laughs> We're more um, like high fivers. Uh, yeah. yeah, fist bumps, shaking. <laughs> yep, fist bump. Okay, fist bump, high fives. Yeah. So where are they? Yeah. So where are they now? Yeah. What? Where are they at now? Yeah, I have. Um, so my son graduated college last year. He's a software engineer, so he's um, working in New York City. Wow. Uh, I got a great job. And my daughter is uh, graduating college in two months. So uh, almost almost launched, almost off the payroll. <laughs> and what was her major in? She is an environmental policy double major with okay. history. So history, she just loves it. Environmental policy is what she's hoping for her career path in renewable energy. So is that so headed, she, is she headed East she's Coast like for a, that? Or? She's like a save the world kid. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, she's been studying um, on the East Coast, um, as she would love to s- stay there, but she's just oh, she's open right now because she's just looking for the job. So, did they end up being skiers or more tropical sports? <laughs> Definitely more tropical. They both grew up as swimmers. Um, my daughter got very serious about swimming for you know most of her career, although she stopped for college. Um, and, uh, they, they dabble. It's, uh, I tried to get them to ski, but, um, uh, it was like this kind of, a you know, wishful fantasy I had that, you know, my brother and sister, they have raised our kids skiing and like, all the cousins would get together and ski, but you know, the schedule, school schedules were yeah. different. They were always, That's they were always That's swimming. what I'm about to hit. We'd go every couple of years, we'd go every couple of years and then they would, my kids would complain, would be like, we stink. We can't keep up with the cousins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm about yeah. to hit. Cause I have one going off to college and then I have one that's going into high school and trying to figure out when are we going to take them skiing next year? Cause their winners are not going to line up. Right. And right. their spring breaks are definitely not going to line up. So just trying to figure that out, just get, navigating that's going to be difficult, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. So are they scuba it's, divers? It's, is there scuba yeah. diving in Puerto Rico? Is that nice or? Um, there is. They're not. They're not divers. Um, they're not surfers. They just kind of like you know swim, skateboard, hang out. You know, little kite surfing things like that. Yeah. So your family's a skier, but you're a skier. You came from a ski family. Where did y'all ski? 
Oh, uh, well, I grew up on the East Coast, so we mostly would ski in Vermont. And then, like, you know, maybe every other year we do the big family vacation and, okay. and go to Colorado. We, you know, moved around and tried all the different resorts, whether it was Utah or Colorado. Um, now I'm very fortunate because my brother has a very nice house in Lake Tahoe. So wow. if I still oh. ski, yeah, I'll, I'll go go visit him. They've had a I'm, I'm dying because they've had like a record breaking year this year and that, I just have not had the time to get out there. <laughs> that, they've had the like, let's dig out our house. Isn't that where yeah, they were yeah, showing the stuff yeah. where the top of Absolutely. the the top of the ski lifts were over just barely sticking out of the snow? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. The the snow banks have risen so high and then the roof has like seven feet of snow on it, so it's it's like enveloped completely. <laughs> oh. Uh, uh, uh. So well, we a, we tried Taos this last time. Uh, this last spring and it was Mexico, interesting. Yeah. 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 It's a beautiful place. I was, a, I mean, everybody's going, it's all blacks and blues. It's all blacks and blues. And I'm like, okay, I'm a little freaked out because I'm, I'm a green, decent blue. Um, definitely not a black skier. And so I was a little, <laughs> I was like, okay, I need someone to show me the mountain. But then when I went down some of the blues, they were more equivalent to some of the greens in big sky, Montana. Yeah. I would say you're a blue skier. Yeah. You're a yeah. blue skier. You're just not a mogul yeah. skier yet. Not a mogul, no. And I bet it's Steve Black <laughs> you could handle because you can control yourself fine. But it, it was interesting. But yeah, I mean, their blues were not as steep as like some of the blues I've done in Big Sky. Yeah. It's interesting what ski resorts will do to get a mix. You know, their goal is to be to show somebody who's going there a mix of green, blues, green, blue, and black. And black. Yeah. And yeah. they're probably just relative to each other at that place, not between places. Yeah. Right. And yeah, 100%. There's no, like, rating scoring system. Right. It's always just relative to your own mountain pitch, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, so at this mountain, this is the easy, this is the middle, this is the hard. And that could be it's all pretty easy, and that could be it's all pretty crazy. Okay. You'll hear people complain about Big Sky, about the, the, the how hard the blues are. You know, these blues should be black. You know, well, yeah, okay, different places, different stuff. Um. So what a cool little romantic little life you've had. So so, so what brought you back into yep, the States? Let's get my question. back to the now States. Now it's back that to my good. question. Yeah. Well, this is my um, 18th year at Cardinal Health. So at some point, you know, when I was still in Puerto Rico, I, I left uh, J&J. And um, we actually started the business in Cardinal Health. It, Cardinal Health had no presence or footprint in Puerto Rico. Um, so Cardinal has both a medical business, which is like medical consumables, yep. okay. um, as well as a pharmaceutical distribution business. And um, the medical division decided to um, start um, selling the products in Puerto Rico. So um, myself and a small team, I was tapped to kind of lead it. So I kind of built this little team and um, we, we launched the business and, you know, kind of launched the name Cardinal Health uh, mm -hmm. in Puerto Rico. And we were doing that for about about two years when Cardinal decided to make an acquisition in Puerto Rico to get into the drug wholesaling side of the business. Okay. okay. Um, so we, we bought um, Borsho Hospital Medical Supplies, which was a family-owned business. It was the number one drug wholesaler on the island. Um, and we uh, did kind of a David and Goliath kind of merger. So like okay. you know, we, were just a, we were just like a little, you know, small footprint medical mm -hmm. product distri distributor. And uh, Borsho was, um, you know, really the market leader and been around a long time, very well known and very big uh, for, for Puerto Rico. 
Um, and we, you know, we merged the, the entities together. And um, I learned the drug wholesaling business from the, you know, the former owner who stayed on for a couple of years, was a great, great mentor and a great friend. Nice. And taught me all about, taught me all about retail because all my healthcare career at that point had been in the hospital world. Um, and, um, you know, Puerto Rico is a fascinating market from a healthcare perspective. Um, if, if it was a state, it would be, you know, by far the poorest state in the country. Mm. Um, you have a fairly unhealthy population with a high, high incidence of diabetes. You have about 60% of the people who live there are on some sort of, um, public assistance. Mm. And the healthcare system is this, um, weird hybrid of um, similar to the U.S., but unique for the U.S. So kind of in a nutshell, um, Medicare is very much the same as in the U.S., but Medicaid um, is run locally in a, in a local scheme mm-hmm. by the Puerto Rican government and uh, and receives a block grant from the federal government for 50% funding. Um, so that program runs very differently. Uh, long story short, um, the, the government who runs that program has decided that um, um, that the big chain pharmacies would not participate. Interesting. Hmm. Um, and so retail independents are have really thrived um, with a much, much bigger presence um, than in the U.S., where in the U.S. It's somewhere south of 20 yeah. percent of the market. It's still roughly around 50 percent of the market in, in Puerto Rico. So, very, you know, very different. And with that sort of sicker population that I mentioned a minute ago, it's just such an important dynamic for, you know, people taking care of their health, that relationship that we talk about all the time, you know, between a pharmacist and their and their patients, you know, that is very cultural as well. You know, oh, having really? that kind of personal connection and stopping by the pharmacy to see your friend, the pharmacist and, you know, them living in the neighborhood where you live yep. or where you grew mm-hmm. up. And even though it's a small island, there's still a lot of very rural kind of secluded towns, um, which have difficult roads that, you know, take you there. So these are not people who are going to, you know, journey into the town or the Mm -hmm. city um, to go to go somewhere else. You know, they really want to stay home and they want to stay local. So So do um, the patients rely on their pharmacist is more like like the we have a friend from Ireland and when his pharmacist was going on vacation, his father was freaking out and going, Oh my God, what am I going to do? My pharmacist is going on vacation because they heavily rely on their pharmacy because seeing, getting in to see a doctor is like minimum six month wait. Yeah. So is that the same way in Puerto Rico? Yes. A hundred percent. And the, even, even the experience of going to your family physician or any kind of doctor in Puerto Rico is a lot less ideal than in the U.S. Like t- there's little to no, you know, scheduling your appointment online. There's mm. little to no scheduling. You pretty much oh, wow. just show up for comfort for and you wait around all day to, to see a lot of doctors. So, yeah, that, you know, whatever kind of relationship you can have with a, with a healthcare provider is really crucial. Do, do pharmacists have their um, authority to prescribe down in um, Puerto Rico? That's fairly limited. I would say that Puerto Rico has not been super progressive on that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the pharmacy board has a lot of control there. Um, so um, they have not put in place any test to treat or um, uh, there is a little bit of um, 
uh, testing, like, you know, there's flu testing, there's strep testing, some okay. of the clear wave things and some, you know, some of the stuff that's been around for quite a while has been adopted in Puerto Rico. Um, but um, if it's not, if it's a federal, if anything that's a federal mandate would also, you know, carry over to Puerto Rico because of the okay. overall guidance of um, CMS also in Puerto Rico. Um, but yeah, I have, haven't been super progressive on that front. So it's really okay. more about the relationship and mm -hmm. um, um, some of the population health stuff, um, you know, outcomes is pretty act. People are there with um, MTM. Oh, wow. So, All right. So, so in Puerto Rico, then uh, so, now at the retailer. So how did you get to the States? Okay. So, um, you know, well, well, we'll loop the kid story back into this, but, you know, there was a point in time where I'd already been, um, run in the Puerto Rico operation, which is, like I said, the, the wholesaling part of the business as well as yep. the medical part of the business. So I had been the general manager of that business for for a couple of years. And, you know, Cardinal Health does an awesome job with um, succession planning and discussions around your career and your career yep. mapping. Mm -hmm. And I had always had this discussion, um, like, you know, do you want more? Do you want the next step? Because the next step for you is to move to the States and, you know, take, take um, a U.S.-based job. Um, and I, I was interested in that, but I always said, well, there's this little window. It either has to happen, you know, before my kids hit maybe ninth grade, 10th grade at the most, you know, make right. the move then, or, you know, there's going to be a time where it's not a great time to move your kids and later years of high school. Right. So there'll be like a little, you know, freeze period. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that had been sort of always the under understanding with my leadership and, you know, sure enough, the opportunity arose exactly at the wrong time. <laughs> um, another career piece of advice, which is, you know, nothing ever happens at the perfect time. Yeah. You just mm -hmm. have to make you have to make decision what you know, what what your priority is. Um, my kids were rising junior and rising senior in high school when oh, wow. the opportunity presented itself. And um, honestly, it was just such a. Um, fantastic opportunity for me to um, take the job as the president of the whole pharma distribution business that, you know, I couldn't say no. So our family plan was um, for my husband and my kids to stay in Puerto Rico for those two years so they could finish high school. Right. And I would, okay. I would commute, let's say, um, not an easy commute. There's no way to get between Puerto Rico and Columbus in less than two planes. So, yep. oh, um, wow. Two planes in about seven hours, so mm. not exactly something you just want to pop over for the weekend, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but we figured, you know, we, we would work it out. And um, so I moved on my own to Columbus and just rented a little apartment. And then three months later, big Hurricane Maria hit Puerto Rico. And that was a bit of a game changer. Oh, wow. Uh, because my daughter actually decided to move to Columbus with me. So um, what was supposed to be basically just me doubling down on my job and my career living by myself turned into like me as kind of a single mom, not really single, but a mom alone with a very high maintenance kid who didn't have a driver's license yet. Mm. And she was a very serious swimmer. I mentioned that earlier. Yep. So she, she oh, had wow. seven practices a week and swim meets every weekend. She had never stayed alone um, because she was kind of the baby and we pampered her a lot. Uh, so all of a sudden, 
She was, you know, figuring out her own transportation. She was, you know, having to make friends so she could bum rides off of people. <laughs> she was cooking her own meals. She was staying by herself once in a wow. while. Um, so she and I got very resourceful. She did get her driver's mm-hmm. license, which was good. Um, and uh, she did that cultural switch we talked mm-hmm. about, um, you know, coming to, coming to the States and um, kind of leaving everything she knew behind. And then my husband and my son stayed in Puerto Rico and kind of toughed it out for his um, senior year of high school. Uh, so he actually um, lived for six months. Um, our, our house was not livable for about six months. So the two of them were a little bit of vagabonds going from family member to family member, whoever had power. Um, my son actually went to Cardinal Health every day after school to do his college applications because he needed internet. We didn't have it at all. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, it was kind of like, it, you know, took a village kind of thing. Um, and uh, he, he made it through senior year. Then my husband and I used to swap places. So I would go to Puerto Rico if my son had like a fun senior year activity. And my husband would come to Ohio and like take my daughter to swim meets. We literally sometimes timed it so that he would pull up the car and I would be landing and I would take the car home and he would get on the plane. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Um, So so that was a fun year. Um, But, you know, it it all kind of worked out because eventually the kids, you know, kind of leave the house. And um, Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't really want to make that, um, you know, pass, let this opportunity pass me by to take on this responsibility. What a struggle, but, but. I, I bet so much character building for those kids. Yeah, absolutely. That time yeah, having to go through yeah. that kind of challenge with their parents mm-hmm. by their side. Um, imagine there were times in that with you and your daughter that you wouldn't trade for anything. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, she just she just grew up so fast. She was so prepared to go to college because she had kind of done a similar thing where yep. you know she just uprooted herself and had to start over and be in a very different environment and be self-sufficient. What a great success story too, for your son to carry on and go, you know, this was my journey getting into college is we didn't have power because we got hit by a hurricane. And so I went to my mom's work because it was the only place that had internet. (laughs) I worry that too many of our kids don't uh, have enough struggles without a struggle. Right. Yeah. That your struggles are, um, you know, you're made in your struggles, mm-hmm. not in your good yeah. times. You know, the characters formed and challenge. Um, and, and I think too many of our kids don't have enough challenge nope. today. No, I absolutely agree with yeah. that. That's that's like when, that's my, true. when my son asked, hey, mom, can you help me with this? I'm like, you know how to feed yourself? Then you know how to boil water. <laughs> Go figure it out. Well, yeah, then you watch you, you'll watch gamers on YouTube. Go watch YouTube on how to vi- boil water. To make your mac and cheese. You're 14. Come on. Get it together, kid. So, no, it's it's absolutely the we need. I, I'm, I'm with Jeff. You know, there's not enough hard times to help push our kids to go. You need to figure this out. Um, yeah. That was one of my one of mine uh, growing up is if I want like I brought home like a bookshelf for my room. And my dad tossed his keys at me. He goes, you know where the drill is. Just make sure you put it up when you're done. And I'm like, <laughs> OK, thanks. That's right. That's yep. right. Well, it does. It does come full circle because then once your kids are kind of launched and, you, you know, you barely hear from yeah. them. I mean, we text a lot, but mm-hmm. like just to make sure the other one's kind of still alive. Um, you know, then, you know, my son is working and he's super happy that he's financially self-sufficient, you know, he's mm-hmm. independent, but you know, he still calls me with the funniest little questions that 
you know, to your point, he could certainly figure yeah. it out for himself. Especially but like at the back the... of my at the back of my head, I'm saying he just wants to talk to me. He just wants to he talk, is. right? Oh no, absolutely. Because I'll do that with my grandmother too. I'll call her and ask just like random questions that I know I can look up on a YouTube video or right. a Food Network channel. But I know that she enjoys the conversation. And if I say, "Hey, do you have a recipe for this?" then I know she's going to enjoy diving into those cookbooks and coming up with about six different recipes for me. But so you are with Cardinal now. You've moved back to the states. Um, you're back and forth between Puerto Rico. How many years ago was that? The, you got to be the president of the wholesale distribution. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, coming up on six years ago. Okay. Okay. Um, that I I had just uh, full line, you know, pharmaceutical distribution, marketing. It's all retail. It's all health systems. Um, you know, and yeah, as you well know, Jeff, like you know, we built the outcomes business over mm -hmm. that time as right. well. Um, but really, really, we've been on kind of a strategic journey since early days in that job. Mm -hmm. And it's really just a recognition around what are the things we need to do for our customers. We have a lot of solutions we we've had for many many years. Uh, you know, at at that point, let's say three years ago, um, you know, we've had an inventory management tool for many years. We've yep. run our PSAO for many years. We've layered on additional services around our PSAO. We we started the whole mm -hmm. you know digital journey around um, outcomes. But we really started digging into you know what are the things that. Um, retail independence at small regional, smaller regional chains, what did they need to do to maintain competitive? And we always looked at our um, pharmacy customers through two lenses. How can we help them with the business side of their running their mm -hmm. business? Okay. And how can we help them with the clinical side of, of running their business? And we're always um, launching new solutions that we think can get after one or the other of those. Any, any other things coming up for yeah, Cardinal so that you want to kind of tease us is... with? What can we start teasing about? Anything? I know we're having a big, big show this year. Hopefully, you have good <laughs> attendance coming. Well, um, yeah. Well, well, we will have our. You know, you have yours in June, yep. and mm -hmm. we have our show yep. in uh, July. Yeah, always a great be, show. Yeah, that'll be in Boston this year, so we're really excited. I we am haven't looking been to forward Boston to Boston in, in many years. Yeah. Um. And uh. Yeah. I'll just have to. You'll just have to come to so to RBC. Come and yeah. see. It's gonna be something. <laughs> do we know who the entertainment's gonna be this year? Uh, we do, but I don't think it's on the, I don't think it's public Not yet. Not been public Coming yet. Soon. This oh, will be a great, this will be a great place to let, to release it. Yeah. <laughs> no, nope. you nope. won't get it out of me. It's not on our RBC website. It's not coming out of me. Uh-oh. <laughs> She's well, well-trained marketer there. So somebody standing okay. over the camera going, <laughs> yeah, no, no, nope. no, don't say a thing. <laughs> like, you're a little, you're a little thing you do like this. No. No, that's what Cohen does to me. Yeah. That's what Cohen does. Yeah, I think some of the best entertainment we've seen has been at Cardinal. Mm -hmm. uh, Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. So every time we see a concert at one of the wholesaler shows, uh, my nerdy little booty just decided to make a playlist out of it. So every time I see an artist, <laughs> I'm like, and now we've got a concert series playlist. And so all those artists go on to the, it's a nice little So it's mix all kind of blended in. Uh, it is so blended. Yeah, last, year we had, last year we had Sammy Hagar. Oh, yeah. Was pretty amazing. Yep. That's he was pretty right. amazing. He literally did a retrospective of five, six decades of his career, which was great. <laughs> I just remember how excited all the little kids were with Kelly Clarkson. Oh, yeah. yeah. All the she, little girls. She was probably, I'd say, like the most like current star we've had in many, many years. And we just happened to sign her right before she 
blew up blew up again yeah 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 that was very timely i don't think so i don't think anybody could get her now (laughs) yeah the 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 only cardinal show that i regrettably missed the entertainment because i was i was sick so it's like i'd stand up and go hi how are you it's great to meet you can i show you pioneer and then at the end of it i was like i just want to go to bed please just let me go to bed and y'all had fluffy oh yeah i bet that was so good in dc at the national harbor and I was like, I really want to see Fluffy, but I just, I can't stand up. I can't, I just want to get my dinner and go to bed. But it's like, oh, I missed Fluffy. But maybe we oh, can well. get Fluffy back. Now we're going to be watching the website. See who's I know. Well, well, Debbie, I think, I think we're so close much. to time. Yes. Um, it's been a pleasure. What a, what mm-hmm. a wonderful life yeah, you've you. had. And Well, we really, really appreciate the, the partnership we have with you. I mean, your... Um, base of customers are some of the most innovative clinically speaking and we really think mm-hmm. that they're um, probably kind of the the target rich environment we need for this product to get out there into the hands of the kind of pharmacists who can do the most good mm-hmm. with it with their patients yep absolutely so thank you for the partnership yeah, yeah. thank, thank you, you for your sp- time today yeah. it was it was a lot of fun and Thanks we look forward to uh, look forward to seeing you at uh, the big show in Boston yes yeah all right. Thanks, that. Debbie. Thank you so much, okay. Debbie. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. If you enjoyed today's mm-hmm. episode, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you get your podcast. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help us reach more pharmacy professionals like you.